0: Right there. Listen. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Welcome to
1: Kawabunga. Friend of mine.
0: I am Good evening, gentlemen.
1: Oh,
0: perfect.
1: <laughs> was that who I think it was? Was that uh, was that our guy from Django right there?
0: That was a bad Heath Ledger.
1: Oh, that was a bad Heath See, I was thinking yeah. of doing the German, uh, oh God, what was his name? Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz, oh, yeah, from Django. Yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. You know? That's how bad it was. <laughs> I was trying to do Heath Well, hey, you know, I mean, I read somewhere that Heath Ledger's inspiration was the Tom Waits, you know, and so Tom Waits was known for throwing people off with his accent and his, you know, minor nuances, and we'll just go with it.
0: Excuse the the Caribbean boy over here if he doesn't know who Tom Waits is. Is he like a writer? (laughs)
1: He was like a. He He sounds like a
0: four claw writer.
1: He was like yeah. He was he was like a he was like a folk singer. Okay. uh, Rockabilly. I don't know. And then by the time he got older, he kind of did the. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It was was more Nick Nick Cave kind of thing. You know? I don't know. I'm a
0: fan already.
1: This is a great way to test out your levels, kids. If you're out there listening and you want to start a podcast, and you're like, how do I? What's a good vocal exercise? Just, just call a buddy and start t- telling him about Tom Waits, <laughs> and it'll all make sense. Hey, uh, welcome to Comic Con's Geek Podcast for the rest of us who are the mama the rest of us. My name is Nick Stevens. I am your host. But why aren't we all celebrating twenty-five years of a little gem of a movie? And joining me, I'm very honored to have him back, Mister Jake Clark. Welcome back.
0: Thank you, man. Thank
1: you for having me. Hey, th- seriously, thanks for doing this, and I appreciate your flexibility. You know, Baby Z was doing another set at the comedy store tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling him, I'm like, bro, it's time for bed. It's a weeknight. It's a school night. Not that he's got school or anything like that, but, you know, some of us got moon-based jobs the next day, you know?
0: He had that sugar today.
1: I don't know what he had, man. Every, anytime he goes to the in-laws, it's like, I'm staying out! You know what I'm saying? And he's not... He's not He's not oh yeah, it. he's at the
0: in-laws. So yeah, they're they giving him the cookies oh, and yeah. spoiling him and mm-hmm. the sugar, all that Ice good stuff. Ice cream
1: sandwiches. Yeah, you know, brothels. You know, I wonder where a guy like me could get a little excitement. Uh, and that's—I only know one voice. You know, you know,
0: Beetlejuice, you know Michael White?
1: Keaton. If you don't know, you Goog's kids. Jeez, how are you? How are you? How are you holding up?
0: I'm doing fine, man i um, holding on pretty good. Um, here in sunny Florida, I've been mm. able to kind of like, you know, stay sunny throughout this whole freezing ordeal
1: Yeah, that well, most of good. the
0: country is going through right now. I guess uh, it's a, I guess. maybe appropriate, you could say. We, we're doing Fargo.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah. I always try to do these things close to their anniversary, and uh, it's a movie that's always Stayed close to my heart, because I've always loved the Cohen brothers, you know? Yeah. I saw I saw Raising Arizona, but didn't really, wasn't old enough to really gauge, like, at the time, like, oh, what the what the film was really trying to say. I was just kind of like, oh, it's Nick Cage, and they're trying to steal a baby, and hilarity ensues. But then I saw Hudsucker Proxy, and that, that, like, did me in. That was like, that's what, so <laughs> I was like, that's what made me want to see this, because I, I love, and I still love, I own it i own it on the video on the voodoo's um i fucking love Hudsucker proxy you know what i'm saying and, yeah uh, a lot of people don't know that but it's a it's a another hidden gem
0: a lot of people haven't seen it myself included unfortunately i gotta really? i gotta check that out yeah i want to see that because i've been kind of deep diving you know the coen brothers for the last couple of days um and that's one of those that i was like oh miss that one you definitely gotta get on that um my I think my earliest memory, I think it was a, raising in Arizona, definitely. I think I was too young, maybe, at the time. Right. I was, like, maybe seven or eight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was...
0: And it just freaked the heck out of me.
1: I guess I would have been in high school, because this came out, like I said, 25 years, so 25 years ago would have been 1996, so like around March of 1996. By the time this goes up, we'll be right on the dot, kids, because you know how I like to stay right on the money. If I can't touch it, I'm going to be right there. You know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure like I was probably like in high school, like, you know, freshman or sophomore year of high school, and that's right around the time I was like starting to watch, really watch movies, like not just put on a movie like, Get up, come on, get in the van. What are you doing? Holy shit. This thing will make you a sexual tyrannosaurus, you know what I mean? I was actually watching movies and going, like, "Oh, yeah, the cinematography and I, I see that. Uh, I, I, that's good." You know what I mean? Did you ever get to a point like that when you were watching movies growing up like something changed? Like when yeah. did that when did that change for you when you actually started looking at movies like differently and not just like,
0: "Oh, shit." Uh, in my teens, I guess it was around I guess it was Braveheart,
1: oh, Braveheart,
0: wow. and uh, American Beauty, and um, uh, The Last Mohican. I remember seeing those things, and I was like, "Okay." It's sort of. I started noticing like that stuff, you know, cinema and and music, and you know, that wonderful stuff. I kind of, I grew up um, or matured with those films, and I started watching like the back in those days when people gave a shit, you know. <laughs> Uh, about the Oscars and all that and yeah, yeah. just started no, learning the names and I was like oh wait so okay and, and, and it is similar to discovering Fargo and then oh the Coen brothers and oh Raising Arizona making those connections and I was like okay that was, they did that wacky movie when I was a kid which was um, like kind of like peewees you know yeah, where you're sure. kind of like mesmerized by it but kind of terrified too
1: yeah
0: <laughs> And I guess that's what the Cohen brothers do really good, right? That they're, they're very extreme. I, I want to say, kind of like studying all the the Fargo and the Fargo series, and uh, a lot of their body of work, they do very dark, um, you know, comedy or or a comedy or or, sus, or suspense, mm-hmm. right? And For it's these sure. um, very extreme. So you go extreme weathers, and, you know, um, deserts and. Um, southern, you know, heat and um, humidity or Fargo freezing. So they're very extreme,
1: yeah. Well, even like, and and you pointed out something too, the contrast of their movies, right? So you have a movie like, let's say, I don't know, Lady Killers, right? Which is an absolutely absurd movie with Tom Hanks also kind Mm -hmm. of playing his out of order kind of, not that he never did comedies, but it's a very unusual role for him. And then you flip it, you know i think only a few years later or, for, or for a few years before no country for old men which is a dark yeah. bleak story it's a western in a way but it's also just this complete contrast of like reflection of of like parts of of america and like the world as opposed to you know something like lady killers or something smaller even like oh brother where art thou which is kind of more like a fable and it's it's still very funny and absurd you know what i mean and lighthearted in a way mm-hmm. so yeah you know, you really, I don't know what it is about those two distinct choices, but I love, I just love their style. I love everything about the way they, they shoot and, and the stories they tell. Yeah. Um, and the stories they choose to tell, because sometimes they don't, I mean, even their remake of True Grit, I don't know about you, but I, I okay. loved it, you know? So where were you when you first saw this? Uh, Fargo? Yeah. Um,
0: I, I think initially saw it when it came out, because all the buzz, right, it, it created a lot of buzz mm-hmm. and the the awards and whatnot and uh i saw it but you know i was a 15 year old kid living in a little you know caribbean island so uh (laughs) this frozen tundra of a world was felt so far away oh yeah um and it was just weird and i think i guess i revisited it years later and i just fell in love with it i was like okay i just um i understood you know the movie better what was it about because um, it's, it's about people, really, right? Right. It's kind of weird how common these people and these characters are in these very heightened situations, you know, violently sometimes and funny and all that good stuff.
1: That opening scene, okay, mm. that score in that opening it's just scene, cool. yeah. it's still probably one of my favorite opening scenes of all time. I mean, you just see yeah. this car coming down this icy, snowy, blizzardy road that little hum of the harp coming in you know and then like, and then when it comes in dun 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 you know
0: you're more musically you know adept than I am so what is this is it the melody right it's kind of but then that that that, what is it the, tongue, tongue, the yeah just those thundery, when you hear those drums
1: coming in and that percussion and it just it's, just, yeah. it's very sweeping You know,
0: kind of, yeah. It sweeps, sweeps, but it kind of stomps on the melody too a little bit, and it is, you know, because that's how the story is. Maybe. Mm -hmm. You you get these very melodic, very like the dialogue. It really goes and it it, the scene, but then kind of like violence and and bullets just you know start flying.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, so the for the kids that haven't seen it, we're gonna spoil the hell out of this. By the way, if you haven't seen it again, you googs. It's been twenty five years. There was even a show. We might we might dive into it, or there is a show, I should say, uh, that's that spawned at least what four seasons now, five seasons.
0: Yeah, four seasons.
1: Okay, so and we might touch we might touch base on that. You know a little bit more about that than I do because I think I've only seen like the first two seasons, but but I think there's a reason why. I guess the lore of this kind of a story, which by the way starts off by telling the audience that it's a true story and it's not really it's it's from what I've read it's actually based on bits and pieces of true stories. Um in other words, you'll watch this and go, "Oh yeah, I could see how there's people like this that exist in parts of the world because everybody in this movie is I don't want to say necessarily relatable all the way, but you but they're all very human. Everybody's very flawed and just very, just human, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, We have Jerry Lundegaard, played by William H. Macy, who... Yeah, brilliantly, yeah. I mean, you feel for this guy, and you also just want to yell at him, like, stop, stop, what are you doing? You know what I mean? He arranges for his own wife to be kidnapped so he can make a little money off a ransom from his estranged... Not so much a strange but just a real tight son of a bitch of a father in law I mean he's just a very mean I don't even know who that actor is might not be with us anymore rest in peace but yeah. but he was a, a stone cold son of a bitch wasn't he I mean
0: <laughs> yeah he was he' was very mean to him rightfully so right I mean I guess
1: he's yeah a piece
0: of shit <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it's just regular people being, you know, like real life. You know, it, it's 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 so bizarre how they can just tell these stories. Um and and they're very American story too. It's a very Americana thing, you know. Cause it's it's just regular people trying to hustle. Right. You know, trying to try to get that dollar and they just make the wrong day. and then a, a of very stupid people
1: yes. trying to make yes. these
0: like moves and the and these Cohen brothers you know, this Cohen Brothers world. Um, and it's just funny. It's so funny. And you got a pregnant lady, you know, sheriff or whatever, trying to, you know, get to the bottom of it. Let's it's talk, just, let's talk
1: about that, man. Cause I really love, first of all, Frances McDormand. I love her in anything she's in. Um yeah. She's, I think she's fantastic. You uh, know. The, the three billboards outside Missouri, I thought was an amazing film. I loved her in that. Um Amazing. She, her portrayal of Marge Gunderson as a pregnant—you know—I don't know if she's—is she sheriff? She's like a sheriff, right? She she seemed in a charge, cop? but it was a very she's law
0: enforcement.
1: I know she's a cop, but I don't know like what her because she she arrives on the scene of the crime after Steve Buscemi and his creepy ass Peter Stormare pal murder this uh, this cop and then a bystander that witnesses it. So she comes the next day, wakes up and reports to the scene of the crime. And she's got morning sickness. And this is one of my favorite scenes in any movie because she could have been the pregnant cop that, that throws up at the sight of bloodshed, right? Because in every movie, we always see like a a, a woman, you know, or if it was in my yeah. case, it would be Nick Stevens, like, you know, but she does, she, you okay there, Marge? Yeah, just feel like I'm going to barf. Morning sickness. Oh, that cleared up real nice. You know, she comes right up. Yeah. I, can't, I can't talk about this movie and not yeah. do a bad Minnesota accent, yeah. you know? Of course. Um, but isn't that kind of yeah. unique? Because it kind of breaks the mold of like your your stereotypical, like, oh, the female cop, you know, at the first sight of something gruesome throws up. No, she's throwing up from morning sickness, and she's still able to perform her job. She's not, you know, I just thought that yeah. breaking that stereotype was unique, at least for that time, for the Coen brothers to make that choice.
0: Yeah, I'd be I'd be puking just because of the <laughs> cold, I guess. And this lady's just out there. Frego is fucked. You know, catching bad guys yeah. and uh, <laughs> watching these gruesome, you know, murder scenes and just crushing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's probably one of my favorite. Uh, I mean, she is, I think she is my favorite character in the movie, but I think that's one of my favorite scenes. I mean, she's got so many good ones, but I also just love the fact that she wakes up with her husband, right? Played by the brilliant, underrated John Carroll Lynch. If you don't know Kids, you googs. He's a great character actor, doesn't get enough credit for anything. And he just wakes up and he's so you you don't even look at him as an actor you believe that's that's her husband waking yeah, that's up him. early in the morning and he's like oh, I'm gonna make you some eggs and bacon I says oh you don't have to do that no I'm ma- oh, yeah. and he and he makes her breakfast you know what I mean like yeah it's just so real and just they're in their little house and he's got his duck paintings <laughs> you know I I just I love it it's so quaint but it's so real and like you said it's very Americana you know it's very I mean, you can almost see that couple standing outside the house with the pitchfork, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. oh, the famous painting
1: <laughs> I don't know yeah did that
0: it is, but it's it's a reversal too, that's what you know it's um it's a it's a skewed image or a mirror image of Americana too it's yeah. that role reversal where the female is the cop, you know, your stereotypical dude, you know going about a murder case, and she's pregnant, and uh she's at life or and all the men kind of like. You know, do what she says, basically. Yes. Because uh, this world of men, you know, in Fargo, it's like a micro of a, of a macro, I guess. I don't know if I'm going too deep with this, but yeah, you know, we're men, we just fuck everything up. We just want <laughs> <have> that money. <laughs> yeah,
1: we do fuck it up. <laughs> and
0: uh, and uh, then the female comes along, you know. The Corn the brothers who make great sci fi um, filmmakers, because they're, they're great, like, world. Um, World um, creators. Um,
1: right. What do you call that? World builders.
0: World builders, yeah. 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 Excuse me, uh, sometimes I think in Spanish, and it doesn't come out in English. It's,
1: hey, it's, no, hey, speak away, language. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, seriously.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, they're great world bu- builders. Um, so they just do it in, you know, in these very real, but heightened, you know, settings.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. How do how much do you love Steve Busce? Because he was really... Young in this too. This might have been. I'm pretty sure it was post Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was still relatively up and coming in a way. How do you? How much do you love him and his partnership with? I mean, obviously they're playing horrible people, but just the yeah. portrayal of it. I mean, and they're both so. I don't even want to call them dumb because I feel like he's obviously the dumber one, or maybe just the. Maybe just Stormare is just so good at playing creepy and cold that we don't know his intellect yeah. level. We just assume he's just evil to the core. I mean, he shoots that cop in the opening scene and you're like, did you really have to, couldn't you just sped off and I don't know, or wounded him yeah. and sped off. I don't know.
0: Yeah. They're just tough fun, dumb animals, man. Yeah. And Bushami uh, just plays it brilliantly. Um, <laughs> Cause he just talks himself in and out of these crazy situations. Um, and then again, it's strange, right? You got this partner of his who just doesn't say shit. And he's probably, again, that, that we always have that character, right? In a, right. In a Coen Brothers project that do, because it's sort of supernatural too. You get this very comedy, you know, anchored to reality kind of a thread, but then you have this like supernatural kind of like violent or crazy, you know, crazy characters running around in this world. Uh, so I think it was great to pair those two together. And uh, it sort of unravels too, because you, you first meet them, and you think there's history there, because they're like an old couple.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, you know, the the, the 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 dad that like tells the same stupid jokes all the time, and the mom's like, just like, oh, shut yeah. the fuck up, <laughs> I, and. <laughs> <laughs> and she just secretly wants to maybe like strangle him, mm-hmm. or <laughs> but this dude does strangle. He's a crazy, murderous, uh, insane person. And uh, but Buscemi, yeah, but there's like you know flapping in the mouth and just his dialogue and he's just he's brilliant in it, man. He's just great.
1: I've just listen. I've been in a lot of situations. Okay, I've told a lot of stories on this podcast, but so help me God, I just can't imagine. That I'd ever be in a situation where I would still feel the need that I could get away with mouthing off to that creepy Peter Stormare. I'm sorry, dude. Peter Stormare, I love him. He's great in everything he does. But you're creepy. I would never it's mouth terrible. off to you. I would. I wouldn't even mouth off to the Russian version of him in Armageddon. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I don't know what you're <laughs> gonna do. You might shank me. I, especially that version, Fargo version. Like I would, the second he started getting creepy. I'm out of there, which would probably be in the yeah. very beginning. I probably would have never paired up with him. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. if you're Steve Buscemi's size. Like, I'm I'm a relatively small size. I might even be smaller than Steve Buscemi. Like, I got the Pinocchio body, you know. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to mouth off to a fucking creepy giant with ice dead eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Just come yeah. on, it's, man. it's
0: all about these like, characters that are way over their head.
1: you know. <laughs> way and, over their They just
0: don't know. <laughs> Again, with like um they're animals Uh, too. There's like this, I I read somewhere that they're like animal representing the characters, like the ducks with the husband, like he paints ducks.
1: Oh, interesting. And also
0: in the, they, they, they they open that up also in the TV series. You know, I think the first season, the, um, what's his name? The, 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 Basically, the killer in that in that series represents like a dragon. He mentions the word dragon.
1: Oh, Billy Bob there's like
0: characters that are fish. Some characters have like literal fish like in the wall behind them while they're doing their scene. Very interesting.
1: No, that is a good point.
0: Because it's a world yeah. of predators and prey. Right. Right. It's a, definitely a world of predators and prey. And, and this guy's a, a very unique predator.
1: How great is Marge's confrontation when she starts putting pieces together and she's tracking down the vehicle and she goes to jerry uh jerry's jerry's lot never mind that 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 coat of top paint is gonna stay on there i don't even know if that's the you know and then she confronts him and things start to get escalated how great is that tension in that scene when he's like ma'am that car's not from this lot you know now I, i i i'm complying you know darn tootin you know darn tootin tootin'. (laughs) like man so i had i had a boss at a moon base many many a moon ago and he was from minnesota right and he'd get mad and his faces would just light up they get really red you know his cheeks would i don't know why i said they to his face like he had multiple faces (laughs) he he had like three heads no but he had um his face get really red you know and he'd be like you know i didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday I'm look. I'm looking at him. I'm like, he's not that much older than me. Like, where? But
0: yeah, he sounds ancient.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's kind of like uh, maybe the the accent doesn't the accent doesn't help too. You I know, think that's what it talk. is.
1: I mean, because
0: it is kind of like this. I'm thinking of like Midwestern, you know, values and, and people like that. That are just so they're so nice.
1: Oh my god! Yeah.
0: So I guess when they lie, it's like you know you can tell.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and even it's, it's and even when, in, even in her confrontation where she kind of the smiles go away, she's not being mm-hmm. polite anymore. And for a split second there, she's like being a dead serious cop on a case, and she goes, "There's no yeah, need to get tricky with me." Yeah, she turned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I read something else that she when she, when she was prompted to do like an impression of her character. I don't know what circumstance it would have been, but even on set. She couldn't do the voice or do the, do Marge's character until she had that wig back on.
0: Well, the hair, yeah, I saw
1: that. Yeah, yeah. so I thought little things like that are, are kind of interesting. Um, and I also read that the directors' Her boobs
0: froze. You read that? Yeah, too? I read that too. Her the <laughs> boots. So I didn't.
1: I honestly didn't think it was fake. I thought like I thought she was really pregnant when she. I thought I remembered reading somewhere that she was really <laughs> pregnant when she did this because there's there's other cases of that in other films, you know, where other people. Yeah. But uh, I had totally forgotten that she was wearing a. Um, I guess what do you call it? Like a, a garter? Fake, yeah. fake
0: garter? Yeah. yeah.
1: And it was filled with like bird seed. And then she left it in the trailer and the silicone breast popped. and...
0: Yeah, because the silicone breast um, froze. And yes. I guess they, they popped the next day. They still try to use them and they pop.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> sexy.
0: And you, that she had those Prego fake tits <laughs> chasing bad guys, you know, flopping around, and they were frozen. That's funny.
1: But it's interesting that she. Um... She couldn't really get into character until she had even the wig on. Like it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the fake prego apparatus. It was the wig that kind of did. It was it, the hair, you know? yeah. That put yeah. it together, and I of love course. the fact that she was asked to give a backstory to her character. If it by were the...
0: me, I go for the tits. You know, <laughs> if I were those, things, I'd be like, oh, this is it.
1: Of course, <laughs> she's like, no, it's, it's the hair. It's the... <laughs> My wife even has like those little gelatin like uh, like jellyfish things that you put inside the bra sometimes. You know. And like, yeah. and I'll just look at those, and, and I'll just kind of nuzzle them a little bit, and then my wife gotcha. Like, what are you? What are you doing? What are you and doing, bro? Like, I just, <laughs> just put. I just gotta put this back. I'll just going to put it back, you know. well what is
0: that? Why? Why? Why the texture? Why the jelly thing? I don't.
1: That? I don't know. I guess they put them in the bras to make it more like. Da, 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 da. oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, filled up maybe. All right, yeah, I think. Yeah, All right, I, I think.
0: I don't know. I, I have no idea. I'm a nerd. I never touched a boob <laughs> in my life. <laughs>
1: I've only seen pictures of boobs. Oh, I've never touched them. Yeah. My wife and yeah, I. It's I was... Cinematography and the lighting <laughs> is great. that our son came along through Immaculate Conception? There was no, you know. Yeah. We just we just did how many here, how many you know, and then he came, you know, but you know, everything the light touches, you know, is yours. You know. Yeah. Circle of life. Everybody came running out. I completely lost my train of thought. It's okay.
0: Yeah, Boobs
1: did that boobs. Did that. boobs. Hey, yeah. what do you I said my favorite scene Do you have a favorite scene in this flick?
0: Man, I got Maybe I have to think It's maybe the cinematography There's that one shot Or a couple of shots The, the, the parking shot With like the The light poles Both shot.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm
0: a big fan of Roger Deakins So I like how his Simplistic But very fun to, to, Back to fundamentals Kind of cinematography Just worked really well For this project because that's you know it's it's kind of this very basic fundamental world of characters and and you know fargo so you can't get really too dynamic and i and and i read somewhere i heard somewhere that um like their story all their storyboards were still images
1: oh yeah Um, okay
0: so so they you know they, they were always coming at it from a frame perspective and and, 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 and segueing to that like uh, my, my one of my favorite shots I guess it, I love the shots with um you know the McDormand and her husband yes I like those shots they're always like you notice they shoot them together mm-hmm. there's always in the, in the in the same frame facing each other uh, you have other characters coming into like the scene husband doesn't look at him he looks straight at the wife there's a right. lot of connection there Um William William H Macy, for example, he's always filmed like isolated in the frames. Yeah. Or if he's with the father-in-law and the in the, the the guy who's loaning the money or the the business guy, they just kind of sandwich in between and pressured. So he's extreme too. So he's either crushing into the frame or kind of like you know pushed out.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, definitely, it's shots like those, like the 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 cinematography is my favorite um number one favorite thing roger deacons he's a master
1: what else did he do off the top of your head
0: they run in 2049 oh wow with the coin he's done many he's done uh no country for old men uh oh brother Thou, oh, Fargo, wow. of course so yeah he's he's like their main guy so he's worked with
1: uh he's worked a lot with our other favorite one of our other favorite directors uh denny Villeneuve. Right.
0: Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. He's worked with him on Sicario and um, and uh, Blade Runner.
1: How? Hey.
0: And and uh, that oh that that was a heavy one. Jesus Christ! What was that? The uh, Prisoners.
1: Oh, Prisoners. Hey, listen, man. Quick note. How fucking great is Sicario?
0: Oh, it's phenomenal.
1: I mean, it's perfect. I never saw. I didn't know. I I I'd seen prisoners and I was like, well, that was kind of a mind fuck, you know. That was dark, some dark shit. Didn't leave you with a good feeling in the end. You definitely needed a hug after you finished watching that one. Then you're yeah. sitting in the theater watching Sicario and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just this, just this, just that world is fascinating alone, and the performances were great. But damn, when you see Benicio del Toro go in that house and take out that family, Jesus Christ! Oh my
0: God. And it, and I, it, and they took a. I want to say because I know Danny is. I'm pretty sure I saw a list on there of his favorite films of all the time, and one of them was uh, I think it was No Country. Or uh, he's a fan of the Coen Brothers. I want to say they did take a page out of the Coen Brothers' like editing style for his like Sicario and some of his um, projects. Oh, okay, having Roger Roger Deakins on the project really helps too. I'm sure because uh, the Coen Brothers have a very very unique style because they pretty much perfected it right they've always done the same like either comedy or comedy suspense or black you know or a dark comedy right um so when they edit for suspense they really do it their way in a very specific way and i and i feel cigario kind of like is an echo of that it's like you can almost feel like it's in kind of the same world
1: no i absolutely i was gonna say i feel like in a way the way i feel like no Country for Old Men and, and, and Sicario in the same world. I almost feel like, as I'm watching Sicario and Fargo, I almost feel like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad are in the same world. I feel like yeah. all that stuff, for some reason, I don't know. It's the style. Of, again, none of these things have tits, lasers, and robots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yet. Yet. However, I can watch this shit and I'm compelled. And I guess because when the story is so humanly basic... And there's there's a, there's bloodshed and struggle, but there's comeuppance and people get what's coming to them in a way, not all the time, but most of the time. I think that's still engaging. I mean, yeah, consequences. You know I mean? Exactly, there are consequences to consequences. our actions. There's
0: just consequences, right? That's something that's um, abundant, especially in Cohen brothers films. There's there's so many consequences to the um, to your actions and. Very deadly.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I mean. funny along
0: the way, my, you know, but it'll be, yeah, again, you, it.
1: it's going to get you. Karma. Yeah, a it's going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these brutal, barren,
0: you know, worlds. Uh, they, they they love these wide shots establishing the world always. Medium shots with the, the characters are always kind of like in the middle of everything. Right. They always leave those cameras in the action of everything in the middle. You know, they, it's it's intense. There's something. Their sound design is amazing
1: too. Sound design is great. The score is great. Yeah. Um, the fact that this came out 25 years ago, I think it's incredible that I can watch it again now and it still holds up. It's it's fairly it up, t- yeah. it's it's timeless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um And it works in a lot of ways also because it's kind of pre. It's pre. I, I don't want to say pre-internet because I mean internet was around, but it, you know what I mean. It's pre-internet boom, pre-social media, pre massive expansive expansion of cell phones and even with that stuff you can tell these stories that are borderline modern westerns because you're in a part of the country where maybe the cell service isn't even that good to begin with and these people are kind of out on the fringe of society like a lot of parts of these a lot of places like this still exist today where i mean shit not too long ago i was just in like a small town like on the other side of a mountain Where Mm -hmm. we got we got almost trapped from a snowstorm, and they were like, "Yeah, there's no service out here," and 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 the state doesn't even maintain the road, so you can't even get to the cabin. And I was like, "Hold on, what? We're completely like that still happens. It's like 2021. That still happens. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you guys gonna have to go back to town, or you're you're not gonna get back. You're not gonna get down the mountain again. Oh, okay, well." How uh, long were
0: you gonna stay
1: there? We were gonna stay a whole weekend, but oh, then we were like, well, oh, fuck, "Well, fuck that." I mean, I don't want to. I don't want a chance. I don't want to turn a weekend into a week. And I'm one of those yeah. people, by the way. I never like the mountains. I see mountains. <laughs> I see mountains, and that's God. Those God put those there and said, "You're not supposed to be up here. This was here before you. This is where the dwarves yeah. and and the elves lived. What are you doing building <laughs> shit up here? Like I see I see mountains, and I go, that's foreboding. I'm not. Yeah, that, we were not. I, last time I checked, I was not given uh, uh, hands that are meant to like scale massive jagged edges of cliff. You know what I mean?
0: I got and you. I, I
1: get. I get up there and I'm driving and I'm hugging that that wheel and I look down and it's just fucking instant death.
0: It's like this huge wave of rock just froze and you know. Oh,
1: dude. <laughs> it's it, uh, it, it, yeah. It's it impressive. Makes, it makes no sense to me. I mean, it's beautiful. But my wife's like, I love this. is what I've always wanted to do. This is beautiful. And I'm just like, God damn. Yeah, come out to the coast, have a couple of laughs, you know? And I feel like John McClain, like, oh, shit. Now I know what a TV dinner feels like, you know? You had a lot of TV dinners because of the,
0: you couldn't leave there? Well, you had the (laughs) microwave going in the microwave
1: a lot. (laughs) I don't even think that cabin had a microwave, man. I would have I would have yeah. had to uh I would have had to eat the dog or something, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: But you know. Needs garlic. If you don't know, you googs. You yeah, googs. <laughs> um I don't really like to go nitty gritty with movies, so if there's anything you want to talk about before I move on to the one other scene I was gonna address, please by all means. Because we have to talk about the one yeah. famous scene, unless you had something else you wanted to throw out there. No, it's rocket. The wood chipper. Mm. Spoilers, kids. <laughs> That Steve Buscemi mouthed off one too many times and our creepy gargonzola, lurky uh, turkey Peter mare wasn't having it.
0: No, not at all. I find it fitting that he went mouth first into that motherfucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because he he's, he's, he's got the feet in there when she rolls up.
0: He was probably still talking. He was,
1: he was dead um <laughs> fuck yeah that's a good point i love i love that that's the score and the tension when she rolls up on him and draws the gun yeah you You get the feeling that she probably hasn't drawn a gun on that many people not because she's inexperienced but because well there just hasn't maybe been a lot of that in that small
0: yeah town well, the build-up the build-up has been is great to that, you know yeah that scene yeah Cause it's, it's the buildup of the plot and she finally gets to her, man, you know, this is a personification of evil, you know, true evil in this world. Um, and he's built up his, you know, cause you know, he's bad and then you're like, oh wait, he's horrible. Oh my God. He's malevolent. Jeez. He's a devil. And right. Right. He's putting this dude in a wood chipper. Just all this, you know, it, 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 then she meets him. It, it's horrible. I, I heard that was a true story. Right. I mean, it was kind of based on a true story, supposedly.
1: Yeah, so I think the parts that were, believe it or not, and this is kind of sad because, and my wife makes me watch a lot of the true crime shit all the time that like gives me nightmares. But, and I can watch something like this, like kind of knowing it's a movie and it's fake, which is weird. So I know it's I know it's kind of hypocritical, but it just is what it is. Like, but then I watch yeah. like the true crime shit and I'm like, ah. you know, I got to watch All Star Superman <laughs> after that. You know? Yeah,
0: maybe that's why they start their projects, you know, saying this is based on a true story because it is stuff that you think, oh, this is wild, but you know what? This probably this this has happened before. Well, right? I think a 100%, guy. I, I think yeah. the
1: I think Jerry Lundberger is based off of a guy that actually did that, like staged a kidnapping of his wife to get a ransom. Yeah. Um. And of course, there was the Netflix documentary about the guy who not only murdered his wife but his his daughters too, and then that they made oh a my god. You know, so I mean, yeah. these these people really exist, and I'll say it once, and I'll say it again. We we need a Frank Castle. I mean, I'll, I mean, you know, because because like you said, there are some people that are like, in, especially in this movie. I don't want to put words in your mouth because you were talking about the movie, but I'll say it: there are some people like the people in this movie that are just like they're gone, like they've checked out, they're off the reservation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And especially yeah, when you I watch that you- true crime, like how could you? premeditatively you know construct that to do that like this guy wasn't even really a villain he was just kind of ice he had like no emotion he just did it you know yeah (laughs) like no emotion there's no mustache tweezing you know there's no
0: uh (laughs) there's no there's no tell there's no mustache yeah Yeah. there's no um yeah he just like snaps and you're dead right he just comes out the door with an axe or something bam you're right i tell and then you're in a wood chipper
1: He's kind of like he's smoking um,
0: a cigarette, like nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: he's he's kind of like um, and I don't remember his character's name. Javier Bardem's character in uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that's what know? I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Just so
1: cold. That's what made him so creepy. I mean, never mind his look, but he was just ice cold. Yeah, you know
0: that's um, that's something I want to talk about. Like this, there's this. Cause it is these regular old, pe- you know, people very relatable in a lot of ways. A car salesman, you know, a pregnant wife trying to do her job, and um, and then, but then there's this, this side of the, you know, this aspect. Of the, which there's violence, of course, in the world. We all know that. But I, I, I do like how the Corn Brothers take it almost to a supernatural level. I don't know, if you haven't played Rockstar games, right? like, um, let's say, Grand Theft Auto, I'm thinking, like, Red Dead Redemption, where... Um,
1: Which I'm in, by the yeah. way. I have, a, I have a camera. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I got you. <laughs> but th- there's always, like, this supernatural aspect to, 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 to like, violence. And the, there's, like, this um, cosmic intervention sometimes. You know, when you think about it, it's a car going down, let's say Fargo Season 1, right? It's, a, the, it's about animals, like, predators and prey. Right. Right? And then... Billy Bob Thornton's character, it starts off because he, he almost hit a deer. Right. You know, it's a wolf or it's a dragon who got messed up by a deer. Right. <laughs> and that sets off the whole story because the dude gets out of the trunk of the car, he, right, freezes right. in his ass in the woods, and that goes the plot. Boom. It's, you know, is it... Is it God? Is it cosmic intervention? You know, there's like, is the devil around here? Is he walking among us? Is, is this, is this dude who put him in the wood chipper? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, where I, I like how the Colons, um, they're very good Catholic boys. I want to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they, they're yeah, very, they're very cognizant of the devil among us.
0: Oh yeah. hundred yeah. uh, percent. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, like if it's God or the cosmic intervention thing, it's It comes in a UFO, you know, oops, spoilers, you know, in one of the seasons. Right. Um, or a flood. I think it was the Old Brother Where I Doubt. Or, you know, a soul story it just changes it, the tide and the, the story. And this happens. And it, for, and it could be a simple scene and simple action, but it might take you down this other road. And that might be cosmic intervention. We don't know.
1: That's a really good That's point. something...
0: Yeah.
1: That's a really good but point. They, I, I didn't look at it through that lens before, but I see a lot of that imagery in a lot of their other films.
0: In the films, yeah. yeah. Like uh, Javier Bardem, you know, he's kind of like the devil in this world.
1: Like, yeah. it's,
0: you know, there. I remember this one scene. Uh, Bardem, this is almost at the end of the movie. He's driving across like this bridge, and there's like this crow or something, and he just shoots at it. Yeah. For the fu- and, and I'm thinking. Because that's a predator. That's gonna kill something. That's the del- roadkill. Right. Right. And no, no. The only thing that kills here is me. You know, and he can't stand that he has this competition. This a boom animal to animal. You know, shoots at it. Wow. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But no, yeah. no.
1: I love it. I love it. I mean, that's that's what this podcast is all about. Fucking reading into this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I uh. I love this movie, man. I um I love the directors. I love the performances in this. Uh, I William H Macy would go on to deliver another fantastic role in a little movie called Mystery Man, and I would love him for that as well. So
0: yeah, <laughs> I love him um, in his office. Like, in, you notice, like in his office, there's like these blinds, and it's very vertical. They did that. Um, I think it was Conrad Hall with American Beauty. Oh yeah, they used to do that with like um. So the, the bar, the, the, the blind like bars, Bars, The the characters behind bars already. Right. He's kind of like, you know, prison. Right. In this little world of his stuff like that. I just, you know, it just elevates so good.
1: Oh, it's really good. That that,
0: that film is, is a true film. Yeah.
1: One of the things that, uh, paying attention to that kind of stuff has taught me is paying attention to aspect ratios and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and how they mess with that. And I, even if something as recent as WandaVision, when they when they changed the aspect ratio from when she's in the TV versus out in the real world. I mean, little shit like that. If it, it, it was around, like I said, when I was maybe coming into my twenties. And I was coming into my twenties twenties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I started just noticing. That. I just started looking at things through a different lens, so to speak, because before it was really just you know, RoboCop and Point Break. You know what I'm saying? And it's still RoboCop and Point Break all day, baby. I don't give a fuck. Uh, and speaking of which, um, this would not be a uh, Comic Con podcast if I didn't show off a little something that came in the mail today. This is the uh, the Batman 19- <laughs> Batman 1989 Danny Elfman score issued by Mondo. And it, the uh, the vinyl just came in the mail today. Now listen. That's beautiful. Instagram Instagram knows us so well because they uh, they put on Oh, look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this right now, but he's show showing me. Yours, me I'll show you mine. He is showing me his vinyl. <laughs> oh my god. See, and we are initiated.
0: We are initiated.
1: So it looks like you got the original and this is the I have uh, the
0: original. You you got the limited edition one. This you is the, the pressing from
1: me. Mondo with the uh, Look at that. Oh, look, look at, at that. that. Purple and black. That's
0: beautiful. Oh. What are we looking at? Is that like um, purple and black?
1: Purple and black, baby.
0: Is it because of Prince?
1: I think so. But I mean, this is the... There is a Prince song on here. So they added the Prince mm. song on here on the on side B. But this is the whole no, score from the 89. So you have the, the yeah. our favorite, the Descent into Mystery right that's there.
0: That's Danny Elfman all oh, day. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be a Comic-Con podcast if I didn't talk about Batman for a little bit. We,
0: had to, we have to. Know. That's our that's the stamp of the show.
1: For my money, that descent into mystery will still forever be the icon my iconic Batman That's my go-to. Yeah, that's the go-to. Yes, that's
0: you my know? go-to. Yeah, if I, I mean, if I need a little bit of Elfman that day, and I might not have all the time to listen to the, whole, the entire thing. I'll go to first yeah,
1: descent into mystery 100%. 100%. And again, kids, if you don't know it's so it's so good so good so good uh what do we i don't know if you recasted this thing i didn't recast it there there was well actually before we rate it do you want to say anything about the series because again i only watched the first two seasons i really liked the first one because we had great performances by billy bob and uh bilbo baggins martin 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 freeman um yeah and the second one i want to say had our boy from insidious i can't remember his name wasn't he in that i
0: don't think i've seen that one insidious it's a scary movie right
1: uh he played owl man in Watchmen.
0: Mm. oh gotcha yeah he's great
1: pat what's his name
0: uh, God, gonna... uh yeah patrick
1: um uh, larson something. larson yeah I don't...
0: <laughs> so bad with names sorry patrick
1: yeah sorry For Patrick. Fans. if you're listening to the show we apologize yeah, he
0: was amazing. He's my—he was, my, he was my, one of my favorite characters, 100. Oh. percent But sorry. yeah,
1: so he's in there. There's a lot of good people in the show, but I never—I uh, never watched past season two. I think season Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. There we go. Yeah, and Bob Odenkirk. He yeah, man. Was in that too. But Not... he was
0: in the first season. Oh, he was. Yeah, I think so.
1: I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, through great
0: it again. cast. I don't know, man. That this it attracts a lot of talent, of course. Um, just to have the Cohen brothers attached to the project, I think they were producers. I think mm-hmm. the showrunner mentioned, I think, in an interview that I don't think, he didn't think they even read the scripts. They just oh, really? gave it a green light. Yeah, the colon were like super hands off. They were like, yeah, they blessed the project, and that was it. That's the reason why Billy Bob uh, got on the project. As soon as he heard that they had the Coen Brothers blessing, they just, you know. But yeah, phenomenal. My first, uh, my favorite season is on the first two. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, really and, good.
1: And you said it fell off after that, right?
0: Um. It, it, it. I don't want to say. It got a little bit more intricate. Okay. Me. Maybe too intricate. I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um.
1: But it. But it was better than Tenant, right?
0: Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better than Tenant. Yeah. Tenant. Jesus
1: Christ. I, I make it my I mean, new goal in life I'm to Penet. just assassinate Tenet any chance I get. So yeah. the other night, Pal and I were reviewing Virtuosity a Denzel Washington obscure gem from like the 1990, 1995. And we, I just had to slip it in there. I was like, it's better than Tenet, right? <laughs> that might have to be a new rating never, on the show. Like
0: <laughs> I learned, I, I learned something um, from Tenet. just never, never go full Nolan. That's the thing.
1: Never go full Nolan.
0: Never go full Nolan. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't go full Nolan. <laughs> don't never go... go
0: full Nolan.
1: <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was singing country all of a sudden
0: um <laughs> yeah no the tv series is, is really good highly recommend it. it's very well written um all like the production bits that you want from a cohen brothers you know movie they're there like right. music you know s- script writing you know um production design they're big on production design so it's it's all there it's phenomenal i love the first two seasons are my favorite Yeah. The first
1: first season is a good entry point because Martin Freeman is very much like a Jerry Lungarter. His character is very similar in a lot of ways, kind of like a a would-be underdog kind of person that's getting stomped on, although he's not quite as scummy because he doesn't try to stage a kidnapping of his wife, you know.
0: Um, yeah, he's he's the prey. He's also the prey in this right, world that's right. trying to like flirt with these you know predators, and it does not go well.
1: It does not go well. Uh,
0: I think he's the fish. There's that one when he hits his head against a wall in the basement. Yes. He bloodies a fish.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's kind of orange.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I I, I saw somewhere. That, yeah, he had the orange jacket with him at the end of it when he you know met his end. Right. And where did he die? He went into the into the water. He went into
1: the, the frozen pond. See, well there you go. And that's yeah. why you're on a show because you see the analogies. Yeah. I didn't even pick that up. I was like, oh dang, he dead. A ding dang dong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't like mountains. They scare me. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do that voice enough. I should do the old Yoko voice more often. My wife and I, every time we make fun what's of what's a Yoko
0: voice? Maybe I know. Maybe I heard of it. Sure. What, what would
1: that be? Well, just any, any. My wife and I, anytime we make fun of you know,
0: yeah,
1: the other side. Uh, we always we always give them that voice. <laughs> I ain't wearing a mask. Code red. I need some more code red. You know, um, <laughs> more hey. code red. Yeah, more code red. Get. They drink it by the gallon, you know. what I'm saying it comes oh, out—it comes it. out of their water fountains, you know. Yeah. Um, and they still think the election was rigged. Hiyo, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, kids. You know, we don't—we don't get political on this show, okay? I'm just saying. But if—but I think if you listen to the show, you know, you know, you should yeah, know. It can
0: be funny, you know. It can be funny, you
1: yeah. know. Uh, let's 100%. rate. Let's rate this thing. At the top of the heap, we have seven beautiful ratings that we use i I described them as beautiful many many months ago and uh, i just stick with that adjective i I don't know if they're really beautiful or not i've never met these ratings i talk about these (laughs) ratings i'm just assuming that they're beautiful but uh we added one of course at the top of the heap and it is risk covid good then we have call to work good then movie theater good home video good catch it on cable good stick with the flu good and solitary confinement good what do you say, Jay?
0: I say all of them. All of them. All of them. This is the first one on the show.
1: Wow, I don't think we've ever so, had that before. So
0: if I'm sick with a cold, I want to watch Fargo. Wow. If if I'm in containment somewhere and they don't they ask me if you only watch one movie, what it'll be? be far it can be Fargo.
1: Hold on, hold on. I don't think you really mean that. So hold on. You're in <laughs> let me just hold on. You're in solitary confinement. And you just you haven't seen sunlight in like weeks. And somebody yeah. just you have a TV in there for some reason and somebody slides a uh copy, like a Blu-ray copy of Fargo yeah. under the You're gonna still watch that?
0: for one, the score and second, Buscemi eating uh Wood Shepherd. Yeah. Oh okay.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well I guess you know, I guess yeah, because you are in solitary confinement, you haven't seen anything in weeks. Yeah. I it's can, Roger Deacons, maybe I love yeah. it Yeah. And there are there are some there are some Totskis in this movie because there's prostitutes. I forgot to mention this movie does have one of the trifecta. There are some tits yeah. there are some tits. Yeah. So if you're in solitary confinement, it might get you through. It might get you through. Uh, you know, I would think... Um, I'm going to say this movie is home video because I think while I wouldn't risk COVID, I wouldn't call out of work, and I don't know if I'd go out to... Even under normal circumstances. Well, I don't know. It probably would be pretty cool to see this on the big screen. But one thing I know for, for a fact, because I do own this movie, uh, it is home video good. I think it's ownable. Re- the rewatchability is there. Um it's kind of grim, but there's a, like you said in the beginning of the show, it's got, it's got enough uh, of, of, of an imagery and a message in it that's retainable and relatable that you can kind of just watch it again and again. It's not something that, it's not a one and done, you know? Yeah. So I, I think for all those reasons, I think it, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's home video good. But I also appreciate and respect your rating that it's all the above. Because if you love a movie, you love a movie. And I think that's fantastic. But the idea of you being in solitary confinement and like actually taking that movie and watching it, like, wait, isn't it already cold in here? I'm going to put on Fargo. Like,
0: wait, wait, were we uh, torturing him with uh, replaying Fargo 24 7 (laughs) with like eyes wide open and
1: And he hasn't moved. He hasn't moved an inch. He hasn't moved. But then then they slide a copy of Weekend at Bernie's under the. Yeah. I mean,. I don't know, man. I think
0: it, it should be because it's a. To me, it's a Roger Deakins spectacle of a movie. It's it I'm should be you. watch on a phone. It should be watched either you know on ice TV or in the theater for sure. Because um, you know, you know, they don't make those
1: no more. They don't make those no more. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. Yeah. Um. Well, sir, that's all I had. That's all I had in my kitten. My kitten caboodle. And uh, I want I want to thank you, sir, for taking time out of your evening, and thank you again for your patience with my schedule. You know, I we're, we're you, both man. proud you're, Papas.
0: You're a gentleman.
1: Well, you, you're, sir, um, you so are gentle and manly.
0: Of course, very, <laughs> very gentleman-like and manly. No, you're a scholar and a gentleman.
1: I, I appreciate like
0: your
1: shirt, that. Man. Oh yeah, thanks. you got the yeah. coolest shirt on. I got. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad that our boy Lito is not represented on this shirt. It's, they, not yet. This movie, the Joker movie with Joaquin was like, wasn't even out yet. And somebody made this shirt. So they had Heath, Cesar Caesar Romero. Cesar Romero? Romano? Yeah, Romero. Romero. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jack Nicholson. And they threw Joaquin on there before the movie was even out. So we didn't even know if it was going to be a, sh- a shit show, but somebody put him on and they left Lito off. <laughs>
0: For Lido, you know, probably Lito doesn't want to share the shirt. He wants yeah. his uh, own. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that too. That's that's he's gonna be. He he's Christ now. So yeah, we're gonna flip it. You yeah. sent me that picture of him on the set, and you were like, "What? <laughs> what is he doing? Like, what is he? What is happening?" And I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you. I'm like, wait, what, what, what? What is does that?
0: Happening? Come out, Justice League.
1: Oh, the Snyder Cut.
0: Snyder Cut. Yeah.
1: March 18th, and guess who's gonna be calling out of work on that day, baby. <laughs> He's not really calling out of work. He's gonna put a leave request in because he's a responsible employee and he's gonna take that day off. But for the sake of the ratings, he has to say call out of work so that it fits into that 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 caveat of goodness, you know. He being me, of course. Hey, me! Shut the fuck up. Okay, Hank, Jesus Christ. God, you just came out of the stairwell. Uh listen, Jay, thank you for doing this again, man. Seriously. It was awesome. Thank you, man.
0: I'm a fan. I'm a thank
1: fan you, of appreciate you. Appreciate it. And uh and Kamiconzies listening out there. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie. Emails Comic-Conz podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think or direct message me on the Instagramsies. Don't worry, you too, only fans, you too can message me too and just say it's not a real penis. Uh, but whatever we said on the show, don't take it seriously. Cause again, it's just fiction. Well,